Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is January 19th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. Had a had a spectacular Good. day. Excited. I'm happy to see Zatch at the top of the leaderboard. I was listening back. I almost was going to queue up the clip to jam you here at the <laughs> top. Like he's MC, MC, MC. He has no place in the field. Career money exemption. Goes out, she's 10 under 62. After we're comparing him to Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Who, we were like, compar- you compared. You did that. I didn't compare him to I that. mean, I was just like, you asked me on the fly. I came up with it because about who, it's who you know, kind of. That was my thread I was trying to, uh, you know, pull on. But uh, you, we, we hit him hard at the Sony the week prior. Like, why is this guy in the field with Chuck Kaufman? And here he is. He goes 10 under. Hasn't shown a lick of form and maybe... Five years. I'll, play, I'll say five years. I don't know. It's been, I think, eight years since he won. And he shoots 10 under 62 to jam it right in your face. Right can in I your tell face. You, can I you tell you something? What? I'm not really, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried. <laughs> like, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he finishes in the top 10 after te- opening round 10 under 62. Shocked. Like, could miss the cut still. Missing the cut still in play. Like we've seen crazier. It's a three horse. round cut. You gotta stay. Yeah. It's a three round cut. Yeah. This is crazy shit happens. I'm yeah. not worried. Listen, I've been living on shorting Jordan Speed for two years. <laughs> this is the least. This is the least concerning thing to see out there. I think you know what this is like. This is when. Like when Tom Watson played like that great round in the 2003 U.S. Open, I think it was at Olympia Fields. Shot, shot like a 65 okay. to open it up, and everybody is, you know. It, but like, it's very rare. He's not. Okay. He's he's a great. Like Zach Johnson's a great player, Hall of Fame player. Is he? Is he? Probably. I think somebody on the TV majors. was suggesting that, and Brandel, who's in the booth, just coming. Coming with his hot takes out of the oven in the booth goes, I don't know about that. He I was mean, pushing back on the notion that he's a hall. He's won twelve times. It's twelve wins with two majors. Like, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. Isn't Freddie in with one major and everybody, fourteen wins? Everybody immediately goes to Freddie. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> yeah. they do the baseline deal about I mean, this debate, they go to Freddie. There's no you win at at St. Andrews in Augusta National, and there's no way. Like you, you're does that in matter. It does. It does. But I don't know that it, I don't know. I mean, a major is a major. I get, you know, it's, it's great. You could make the argument. The old course than anywhere else, but, or, or Augusta. You can what? make the argument that he won the two easiest majors to win. Um, Okay. 
The one has fluky. like the o- sixty players. Fluky. Yeah, the other has sixty players. It was a just a a real unique fluky to use the word <laughs> edition of the mess. I can't believe we're driving by a guy who just shot ten under sixty-two. Dri- I just said he's a hall of famer. You call this two major by. ones fluky. No, I said he. You could make an argument that he won the two weakest majors. I didn't say. I said that the open can be fluky. You're you're misconstruing my words. Oh, it's my yeah. Well, fortunately, it's on the record, so the listener can decide for themselves. <laughs> um, I was flipping through. I don't know how I came across it while we're on Zach drive-by time. There was a. You remember when he? he who did he make lay up? When it was like down to the final point, he called him off a shot and he laid up into the water at Marco Simone. Was, Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, what was that? Was it wasn't on Saturday. Some tweet of yours. It was you were losing Saturday. your mind. What? It was on Saturday, right? Yeah, I think it was that's on right. 16. <laughs> yes, it was that one with the, the, the par water five, right. Par four. Yeah, yeah. yeah, drivable with the water right. <laughs> he clubbed him down. I the guy had you. The guy had driver out and he clubbed him down to, to three wood. And the ball just floated up into the air. It was just, so clear that it was, it was not. Speed. I think it was speed. Yes. Yes, it was. I'm trying to remember. Was it we don't JT get to, and speed? <laughs> we don't get to Ryder Cup in your review, but I, I, I don't know why I saw this tweet in the last two days, but someone jogged my memory. I was dying. I forgot about that. Clubbing down. Like that, like a captain can have no impact on this thing. No, like That is like a tangible Real impact. Listen. Uh, Andy Johnson, September 30th, 2023. I don't know what's worse coaching. Convincing a player to lay up when you're a dormy and your opponent <laughs> hit it on the green. <laughs> or talking a player into clubbing down and then coming up 50 yards short of the whole location into the water. So there's multiple instances. I, why why we're doing this right now, I'm not sure. But I, I think we're on Zach I'm minute just- here. Honestly, I think you're doing the driving by. Yeah. Fair. Congrats to Zach, though. I mean, this is where the old people go to get right. I mean, it's just what? T14 or better this week. Over under? Yeah. Over under T14 and a half. He's not going to be over. He's going to be over that. I mean, this is like... The first quarter of a you know a, a team that's favored by t- you know a bunch of points in the NBA, and you're just kind of getting your feels, you know. <laughs> you know what this is? Remember when Carmelo was a Blazer? Uh yeah. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. Like yeah. when he scored like 25 in a, in a January game that nobody was watching, and it's like Carmelo's back. He's going to be a force for the for the Blazers. Oh God! All right, whip around Friday. We start with Zach, who's tied for the lead with Alex Noren. Uh, Rico Hoey is uh, one off playing with Alejandro Tosti, whose amateur partner. Was none other than Ed Hurley. <laughs> now, old Ed, you know, Jimmy Dunn's got some sauce to him, a little flavor. 
right? Might appreciate the hothead lunatic or the eccentric character. Everything I understand about Ed Hurley is this guy is the most buttoned up Wall Street, New York, Manhattan attorney that you like out of central casting. I forget what is this cravat? I forget which white shoe firm. Like straight by the book. Doesn't talk, I mean, he may be not that way in, in close proximity, but no, he doesn't make himself flashy. And now you got Toasty coming in, popping coconuts, well, you know, on the way to the tea, flinging clubs, losing his mind, and he's playing with the buttoned-up Ed Hurley and Rico Hoey, who shot a 9-under 63. So I was flipping through that amateur list, the tea times. Oh, by the way, substantiated rumor. You know, I threw out that, where did I see Rom uh, might be in town? Substantiated from someone in the Palm Springs area, definitely in town, John Rom played at this like pro-am celebrity deal at Madison Club, also played Ladera, somebody we know, who was also, the person who informed us was 62 and popping back at you about our demographics that no one in Palm Springs <laughs> He's like, he said, he told us to F off. I'm 62 and I'm sending you intel about rob uh, and we're still listeners uh, uh, listening to the shotgun so rob intel kind of weird no so playing strange pro he's in hawaii too i don't know why it's, is he playing the pro-am doesn't he have enough oh, cash? i don't know if it's pro-am like you know one of these gotta gotta wonder games at madison club yeah. gotta wonder if the bag was light if that's why he's why he's out there was the bag from live a little light you're wondering about that. Wondering. You're just asking the question, huh? Well, you, that letter jacket. I mean, that's part and part. I mean, that's part of the package. Maybe that cut into the expense. Um. Uh. So yeah, that's it. I have all I have on Amex right now. So there was, it was, you know, the vibe just kind of stinks. If you're trying to watch it and be entertained, it's you know, ball popped into this you know septuagenarian's cup. That was a highlight. Some I forget who hit it. There's nobody there. It's really quiet. Although it was amazing to watch on PGA Tour Live because you have Billy Boy playing, and you could just he's just narrating the whole thing. There's no fans. <laughs> there's no external noise. He's pissed about a cart in his backswing. Talking about he should have backed off. Good shot, Camilo. Good shot, Camilo. Like you, he's just you're getting every comment crystal clear from Billy Boy. That was kind of a cool experience fun experience but the vibe kind of stinks of course stinks i don't know good field i'm happy about that but can i ask you a question yeah what if you were gonna create your power rankings of players that you want to have on the shotgun start where would billy boy rank um he'd be he'd be up there tier one we don't do guess. I mean, we don't do guess. This a, we do some, I guess. I mean, what do we have? Like five? Six? He'd be tier one. I, I think like, I mean, right now, Toasty's hot. You know, Toasty's got to be up there. Woozy, Sabo. Woozy. <laughs> Woozy shot us down. I think we've reached out to Woozy. He said, no, we're not interested. It's a, no, I don't even know about what medium, but some point. Um, who would be yours? I mean, I think Billy Boy would be fun. Just oh, ask yeah. him anything. 
You know what I was thinking about the other day? I was cutting a grilled cheese for my daughter. Standard piece of bread. specific, okay. Oh, okay. How do you cut it? Do you cut it in half or onto the diagonal? In half, right down the middle. Right down the middle. I know. Grilled cheese is unique in that way, though. I've had a lot of... It feels like it tastes better when you do the diagonal. Like, you get a right? good... You get a grilled cheese at kind of a greasy spoon type place, and it comes in the basket with the paper. I feel like they're cutting it diagonal. That so I cut it di. I was I my go to is to cut it in half, but I think that there's something about the diagonal cut with any sandwich. Yeah, I think it's grilled cheese. It's it's extra special on that case. Do you think it's because the crust interacts more with more bites? Is that it? Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to come strong then with your cooking. You you got to make sure you you, you, you get a good crust it on it. Yes, yes, yes. What do you what do you what do you fry it with? You do a little avocado oil. You do butter. Do butter. butter. Okay. Yeah. I watched. There's this um this cook uh not cook that's demeaning chef David Posey. Is that um, demeaning? A, they get mad cook. about that. Yeah, I, I, he's like a, a world-renowned chef in Chicago. Maybe he's still a cook. He's super All into right. golf, and okay. um, he he did on his Instagram once a a like a his grilled cheese recipe. I mean, the guy used like an entire tub of butter on the grilled cheese, and I think yeah. like I think sometimes people don't understand how much like butter. And stuff these world class chefs use, like you know, yeah. I another yeah. chef told me once, like you can't put enough salt in a in a boiling water when you cook like green uh-huh. beans or something uh-huh. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just just dump it, make it look like the like the saltiest salt water you've ever seen. Yeah, I got. I just think, for- yeah, think that ahead. people get afraid of 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 using ingredients, right? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, we also, you also might not work at a, you know, million dollar restaurant where, you know, butter is just coming off the shelf. Maybe you're trying to conserve some butter. Maybe you're trying to be healthy. I, I, well, you're eating a grilled cheese. Well, that's true. I'm talking (laughs) about the green beans or so. Yes, you're right. You know, like you're, you're eating a grilled cheese. Like you, you aren't eating healthy. I'm watching this tennis match. I need to understand how Coco Golf came sponsored by Barilla, a pasta. mainstream pasta noodle, like mass-produced pasta noodle, not some hoity-toity. I don't understand why she's, she's got, got mass Barilla. appeal. What's Barilla getting out of that? All right, let's. Get I feel to like it. wasn't wasn't there a player by sponsored by Ragu and Barilla on tour? I feel like, I mean, honestly, I feel like Rifers. Wasn't Rifers sponsored we by this Barilla? It's, it's Rayos. I, no, no, it was, uh, shit, what was it? Prego? I can't remember. We do this all the time. We've done this 10 times on this podcast at this point. But you had... Um, Swamp Ass, man, before. God, he's got to be so happy Lucas Glover <laughs> took the Swamp Ass title from him. What's the LPGA player sponsored by Cheerios? There's some weird ones out there. You go look for it. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else on the American Express. Do you? Yeah, I got a couple notes here. How about how about uh, Nick Dunlap? Great. 
Fabulous. Should have been on featured groups. Instead, we got Kisner, T140 something. That. And Chez Reeve. <laughs> they were just listing off Reeve's driving stats the whole time I was watching. Said he's played like 200 events and he's been above average driving distance in four of them. In this last <laughs> 200 events. <laughs> I mean, that's all there. This was the feature group coverage. That was, that's great, great content. <laughs> His last two. So, yeah, Dunlap might be interesting, but he's not a member. I guess they don't want to promote him. Whatever. Great, great debut. What is he at? Also, Hayden Springer, T5. Um, That would be an amazing story. I. It feels like we're on kind of a... a an, it, there's been an arc to some of these winners. I'm not saying this is similar to Grayson Murray or similar to Chris Kirk at all, but there's like a there's a backstory amongst our winner. Hayden Springer would certainly be a, a win for the ages of all time. Not to quote Jim Nance, but one of the all time stories. So, um, what else you got? JT T14 Austin? minus seven under. Or minus or minus seven under. Okay. God, I sound like an idiot. Not low Justin, though. You know who's low Justin? Uh, gold jacket champion. Fried Kim egg Brookside. event champion. That's where he went to go get right. Beat up I on a bunch it, of fried egg events. We got to get that on his Wikipedia page under wins. <laughs> Other wins? Yeah. I mean, it might be as legit as some of these, you know, champions tour things they got going on. I'll tell you what. That there's a lot of pressure when you're a tour pro and you roll up to an event with a bunch of, you know, idiots. I mean, occasionally event will have some sticks. Our, our events will have, we have sticks, sticks. too. Yes, but we're not PGA Tour Pro sticks. In the like event. you have to win. Yeah, he 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 swam. He romped on that one. I think. Yeah, it was. Mistaken. I think a handle a handle the field, but you have to. Like, yes, yes. that's got to be but hard. T five. That's got to be one of the hardest things. Every time, every time you play it up, play it in a non PGA tour event, and everybody's gunning. Everybody's gunning for you. Anytime, like you tee it up with like somebody from a club, you know, like just a <clears throat> good player at a club. If they beat yeah. you, they're going to tell everybody for the rest of their lives that they beat you. That's true. It's daunting. I guess. I guess. The, I guess not then you show them the bank thing. account of, of yeah. your or your career earnings, and it's like, oh, doesn't really matter. Glad you yeah. beat me on yeah. Sunday morning. <laughs> um, what else? You got anything else on the American Express? I mean, I no, I don't. I have nothing else. Okay, all right. Do you? I'm gonna wa- no. I'm gonna watch all day again tomorrow. My kids are off school. I'm gonna, this is all I have right now. I have to watch American Express. That's just killing me. It's so. Do you quiet. think school cancellations are going to get reformed in the future? No. I think they're going to get worse. I've. I have half a mind to send an email, but I'm not going to. That's, you know, unsolicited parent. We're all over the place. Unsolicited parent advice, which is what everybody always is looking for. Everybody's got teachers, administrators, principals, teachers, aides. All they deal with, as far as I could tell now, 
are bullshit emails from parents <laughs> whining about this, bitching about that. And my unsolicited parent advice is to holster your weapon, save your ammo, and do not become the boy who cried wolf. Send your email when you need to. Nobody likes getting a bunch of emails bitching about this or saying, why isn't it this way? Or Johnny's not, be, you're doing Johnny wrong this way. I'm ha- I've, Wait, so when you ha- send your email, it has impact. But all I could tell from best I could tell, coaching, talking to some, all they do, all parents do now is send bitching, whiny emails, alleging this, that, or the other, and just cut them a break. So, uh, but the snow day stuff, I'm I'm looking for reform, and I, I may use my one bazooka cannon email on the snow day stuff. Um, you know, right. you know. In general, I think a good policy is. Yeah, it's like when you get bothered by something. I've started to take this into my own life as somebody who, you know, has on occasion sent some hot messages to people. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I just generally just go to sleep. Just don't do anything. <laughs> go to sleep. And then see how you feel about it the next day. Yeah. Because generally the next day you could probably be like, thank God I didn't send something. I don't know why I was that upset about that. Or if you send it the next day, you're going to be like, God, that was dumb. I'm mad at myself. I don't know. Anyways. What I will say is when you ask somebody to do something and six months later, they still haven't done it. That's when I get upset talking about photography i am that's different outlets okay not different uh, one outlet okay okay well one place you can find some of the great fried egg photography is in club tfe our course reviews we did a course review of the best new public course in america today <laughs> the lido in wisconsin um it's, it features great photography, great writing, insight, expertise, some illustrations from our guy Cameron Hurtis, who's won, speaking of Lido, won multiple Lido contests for drawing. Like, that's not some chump, chump uh, award, won multiple. So he draws illustrations. You get that if you're in the club. Um, look, it's hard. It's stupid to rank it's, it's as dumb to rank best instructors as it is best golf content. Uh, this is better, best. I just know it's really unique offering, and it's really good, the club. And we are insecure almost, maniacal about making sure you get value and money's worth out of it. There's, we want, and I would suggest whether you have a passing interest in golf, golf course architecture, it's... Uh, it's worth your money. It's $120. You get a weekly course profile. You know that by now. Get a mom, men, monthly member video, uh, usually orchestrated by the aforementioned Cameron. Uh, it's just a, uh, I don't know, we're really, really almost uh, insecure about making sure you are getting a lot of shit for your $120 and making sure that's a kind of content that is unique and one of a kind. I don't know that's the best, but I, I I, as someone who's done this and been in content a long time now or longish time, uh, I can say it's unique in the golf landscape and worth worth your money. Hopefully, so, I was uh, yeah, I was gonna say we're we're 
we're actively brainstorming ways we can insert this podcast into Club TFE or dynamics of it into Club TFE. If it's if anybody coming. has if anybody has any ideas, feel free to shoot them over. But we we've, we've got, got a couple couple ideas on our Joseph Lemagna doing more. If you want some kind of data insights on the tour, he's going to do a little bit more of that there. We're going to do some more pro golf stuff over in Club TFE come, uh, starting probably next week. So that's part of it, in addition to all the great architecture and photography stuff. I'm going to read one comment. Garrett calls Bandon Trails. This was last week's profile, Bandon Trails. Every week again. Garrett calls Trails a masterpiece in the write-up. Well, I'm calling it now Garrett's piece itself as a masterpiece. This is from Old Man Wicker. Writing, photos, map, even a trail walking ASMR. The article will become canon for this special place. Thank you, Garrett TFE. This one alone was worth the TFE membership cost. Can't wait to see what the rest of the year has in store. Anyways, taking time to make sure Garrett is not someone who is going to go halfway. For better or worse sometimes. Driving himself crazy. All right, that's enough. We make sure we're getting your money's worth and putting the absolute best product we can out. So, all right, that does it. Club TFE, thanks for your support. Moving on, whip around Friday. Bernhard Langer, Langer, last major, uh, last masters. Uh, it will be his 41st this April. He's 66. He won 85 and 93. Um, and he's made a boatload of cuts recently. He had a top, I think, top 10 in 2014. He, of course, beat Bryson head-to-head in that November 2020. Bryson playing on his par 67 or whatever he said. Uh, an incredibly long uh, longevity of contention, maybe is the word, but, but certainly competitiveness at the Masters. So he said, I'm aware that I'm going to be hitting three irons and two hybrids when the guys are hitting nine irons into the green. And that's tough to compete against. But it's a challenge, and I usually don't shy away from challenges. So this is his last one. He is a certified sort of master's legend. And a lot of people are suggesting he will be a uh, an honorary starter nominee. You think that's... Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. who? you got Faldo, right? He's got to be in the mix. Faldo. He'd be great. Can Faldo hit it past Gary Player right now? <laughs> The Poof Ball Express. God, It'd be you great know what? to see him get out there. Gosh. I would honestly pay money to watch Feldo play golf right now. How much money? I don't know. 50 bucks? With you modern know what equipment? I, you know what I got reminded of the other day when I was in what? the swamp? I forgot who <laughs> I was talking to. But the... Oh, it was... I was talking to... Uh, I was talking to a pro and some, some staff at a club. And... uh and we got talking about the crazy rainstorm that happened there the day of the match at Medalist with Tom Brady, Peyton oh, Manning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just started, ta- we started talking about the match. Was, yeah. Remember when Brady was running wind sprints before? In the, in the, in the, in the blacktop, right? On the lot. Yeah. And he was hitting balls. He was hitting balls for like an hour and a half before. It's weird behavior. Yes, pouring sideways, like might not go off, but he's getting 90 minutes of, of warm up in. And he was terrible. <laughs> he came around. All right. So what? What were we talking about? 
I just remembered that. It was just a ra- oh, random God. thing. It was oh, just God. a random conversation oh, that, like, I hadn't thought about that match in a while. And it, I mean, that had I mean, to be the was, best. That, that was, was the great. best match ever. It's great. April, I think, during pandemic, like month, month three or two of something, lockdown. Maybe May. Might have been May. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, Peyton beat Phil on the front nine. Is that is that fact? Or is that just what you were alleging? It, was it felt like ball, it. Right? It, it felt right. like he yeah, be- yeah. beat him. Yeah, yeah. He carried. Like all right. Felt like it is not exactly he did. Okay. Um. Elsewhere, Masters talk longer. Maybe his last Masters. Angel Cabrera, Fred Ridley speaking speaking at the Latin America Amateur Championship in Panama. That course looks, I mean, just Nicholas course. They just was nothing and they made usable land. I don't know how much money they spent to dump stuff, sand or whatever on that. But Ridley speaking of that says they would welcome Angel Cabrera back as a master's champion. Um, But he's got to get his visa. So he's got to sort quote unquote his legal issues out and uh, they'll have him. That. I think was about what we expected, right? They're not going to, you have a jacket or you, you want a master's. You're kind of always welcome back more or less. So, uh, that's the other master's update. El Pato. El Pato. Uh, us integrity, which we talked about on this podcast at length last year with live and like, just, I mean, who's running the ship? Why are they? Nobody responded to emails from our gambling insiders, us integrity. Is like this third-party service that certifies your, you know, allows you to get on DraftKings and other places. It says, you know, these are this isn't some sham contest where people can gamble and just reap rewards. Apparently, they were like trying to get Live Golf to come around, and nobody was <laughs> responding to emails. Again, you'd think you'd want to make gambling available or your your league available to be gambled on, uh, but finally they've come around to that, so that'll be queued up. For this year, the U.S. Integrity Certified Live Golf did a partnership, and uh, so so it seems like they're they're kind of crossing their T's and dotting their eyes a little better over at Live right now, including wait. a deal with the Chain Smokers to open Mayakoba. Chain Smokers are never going away in golf. Wait, they're opening Mayakoba? I guess yes. Was that announced sent, today? Someone sent it to us. I moved on quickly. I didn't bother to even verify it, but they're just going to be doing golf shows for the next twenty years. It's ridiculous. So, um, Brandel's in the booth. A lot of people worked up. About Did you that. like it? Was he good? He's fine. Yeah, he's done this before. People are acting like this is a new thing. He's done. He does usually an event on the West Coast swing. He's done Pebble before. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if he does Sunday. Maybe he does. I guess it's all on Golf Channel, so he will. But um, yeah, he was fine. What else do we have? Scott Pelly. Keith Pelly. April um, April can't come soon enough for you. <laughs> My problem is I put in notes and I'm just lazy. I put Pelly Pelly quote. Pelly quote on global <laughs> on global game. And I just uh, Keith Pelly with some, I don't know, pretty pointed. Like, look at this guy. He was just running to the arms, PJ Tour, take me, have me, please, please. Can will you, will you be? Will you have me? Now he's kind of going back at the tour. 
PGA Tour. Well, he's on his way out. He doesn't yeah, need the strategic he's letting alliance rip. anymore. Uh, this could be a fun couple months. The growth of the game is global, he said. I think where the focus needs to be. I think with the emergence of Fenway Sports Group, which owns Liverpool, I mean, okay, they own Liverpool. The name's also Fenway Sports Group. They're based in America. They're you know, like, come on. All right, fine. They have an international holding. They understand the importance of global. Piff certainly understands the importance of being global. This is a global game. Every business now that is growing wants to be global. What I would like to see is the game becoming unified with a global strategy. I would like a sentence without the word global. I think the PGA Tour is coming to the realization is global is the key for the growth. They have heard me say it. Um, I, is he challenging the PGA Tour? I mean, there's a reason the tour is dominant right now. Is it, it, is there this great untapped global market? I think that's the big question. Like, I kind of, I, so I could see it both ways, right? Right now, the, the money's proven to be in, in America. I think the thing, one of the things that golf has to figure out if they go to this global game is, what time do you televise these things? Do you cater to the American audience? So if you play somewhere, does that mean maybe you play under the lights sometimes in order to have American television time since that's the dominant, you know, television market as of now? But like to me, part of the tour is they've made the bed that they're sleeping in, right? Like, Look at this week. They got Amex as a sponsor. Do you think Amex cares? Do you think that Amex wants the event to be in Palm Springs? I don't know. I mean, uh, I I think they, the amateur list of venture boys and head honchos is substantial. Yeah, but wouldn't couldn't they do that anywhere? Eh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Like about make anywhere. a good pro am and people are going to show up. So I think the more important issue is unification. With that, I think comes a little bit more global elements, right? Because you got to throw a bone to this. What matters? I mean, you look at tennis. Tennis is a disaster. It's super global. It but nobody disaster. gives a shit about or even understands what's going on outside of the four majors. And it's global. It's really global. But I think like the priority has to be unification. And with that, will come a little element of more international events, I guess. So they make the um, FedEx Cup look good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh last but not least, news. I can't believe I got this press release. The World Champions Cup, which was that, you know, three teams senior tour event, internationals, US, Europe, is set for the concession 24, 25, and 2028. There, if there is a World Champions Cup in 2028, I will. You could knock me over with a feather. I can't believe we're doing press releases and setting venues for senior tour events of any kind in 2028. But those are the press releases we're getting. All right, let's get on. To well, we go. I actually, I'll commit to going to that if that goes off in 2028. You're talking. That's ridiculous. It's going to be here before you know it. 2020. <laughs> You're going. You're not. You're going to be the concession. I'm going to mark this down. I should set a reminder. If the con- that's not happening, 
How, All why right, don't let's... you think it's going to happen? The senior tour, this event that's a year old, they're they're setting they're setting venues for it for five years out from now. I just, I mean, Pat I, Perez, I applaud the Pat ambition. Perez is going to be playing in it. <laughs> yeah, Pat Perez, Westy, and <laughs> the Magic Sticks are going to be playing. Um. All right, let's do golf advice. SGS golf advice. We have a lengthy list of great emails to get to, but. We're, I don't know that we're running low on new ones. We're looking for new ones. Always looking for new ones. Send it to sgsgolfadvice at gmail.com. We're going to keep doing this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, every Friday, hopefully. So, uh, all right, let's begin with Max sends this in. 36 years old, zero kids, have only ever come close to fighting over calling out slow play on a golf course. I think that's how this all started, the fighting interest. I recently joined a fancy boy private club in my town. Oh, we were we were getting popped last week, by the way, for being too much of a too detached from the elite club problems and drama. We we're getting popped by someone at our event saying you guys shouldn't be giving advice because we're 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 not in the weeds enough on fancy boy club internecine drama. What oh. I think we understand all the the moving parts of that. Also, Caddy don't you want don't yeah. you want advice coming from outside the club? Yes. Isn't part of the problem that you you guys all act like you're, you know, your friends, well, but you don't like a lot of each other? That's the whole. Isn't that the problem with almost every social situation where people act like they like each other, but, you know, they don't yes. really like each other? Yeah. It's the same people sending emails to teachers every day, six days a week. <laughs> worried about the handicap manipulation. Yeah. Same yeah. people. At the fancy club. All right. I recently joined a fancy boy private club in my town. Upon hearing this, my boss, who does not play golf, that's an important detail, stated, stated, his boss stated, not asked, that I would be taking his son out to play there. What? Fancy club. <laughs> his son plays high this school is, golf. This is bullshit. <laughs> All right, we're getting to it. Yeah. I agree. His son plays high school golf and is a good kid, so no problem. We had a nice afternoon round together, and I was happy to play some state-sanctioned weekday golf. What I'm hung up on is that my boss never asked about picking up the guest fee, which is about 200 bucks. He's a smart guy, but part of me wonders if, as a non-golfer, he literally doesn't know about the concept of guest fees at private clubs. Or does he know about it, but assumes since he's the guy signing my checks that I'll take care of it? My question to you is, do I bring it up and ask if I can expense it, or do I just eat it? Given how direct he was about forcing me to take out his son, I feel like I can be direct back, but I don't know. Good question. Good good scenario. All right, I th- I think that the play here is you just you got you just eat it for now. Likely, what's going to happen is he's going to ask again, and uh, this maybe. is the time. He's going yeah. to. He's without a doubt oh, going to. to take his son. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's going to ask to take the son out again. And that's where you say, hey, um, just so you know, the guest fee is 200 bucks. Um, happy to take him out. Had a great time. But if you could, you know, if you could pay this, t- like not this time around, but if you could pay, figure out a way not to do it, have it pass over. Then he's going to be like, oh, I didn't pay you for the last time either. Right. Right. I mean, 
context would be helpful in, you know, what's the relationship with the boss? Do you like the boss? How much is the job worth to you? Do you like the job? You know, 200 bucks isn't in the grand scheme of a job. If you're in a fancy boy club, too. I mean, you like get on with this guy. Let's. I. I, It doesn't sound great. Stating, demanding that you take him, the kid. Maybe you ask, or strongly suggest. But, um, like you said, interject. This is bullshit. I don't know that I'd work for love working for this guy, but, um, yeah, I think you you kind of hold your water here. You don't ask him. You don't expense it. And uh, it's not an expense. It's not a, you can't, a company can't be playing for little Johnny Snowflake to go out and play private club. You can't be expensing that on the company. In my opinion, maybe I just, you know, should be using the company card a little more liberally. I don't know, but uh, you just, you, you wait, you don't say anything and get them back at another, uh, another instance. Um, all right. Let's find a, a different one. I got my list here. Oh, I'm going to read off real quick while I look for the next one. You know, we had that weird course. Like, what's the weirdest course yeah. you played? And there was a database. All right. This is, comes from Willem. Dartmouth. Uh, Hanover Country Club. It quite unfortunately no longer exists. Dartmouth College closed the course during COVID, citing financial reasons. This is not advice. I just have to relay these bullet points of this weird-ass place. They also eliminated men's and women's golf teams at the same time. Alumni outrage was strong enough to eventually save the teams, but not the course. You can find all the details. Um, All right. So Hanover Country Club, Dartmouth's home course. Here we go. Details. Weird course. Par 71, 34, 37. Holes 3, 4, 5 on the front were drivable par 4, followed by back-to-back par 3s. Okay, weird, but not crazy. The par 3 12th had a burial ground for medical school cadavers adjacent to the tee boxes. That's weird. I'm getting out. I'm not I doing that. I am done. I'm not going to medical school either. All right. The 13th green was that's used That's weird. The- that is like... Yes. That's- oh, yeah. Dumping cadavers. Well, just the idea of working on cadavers is yeah. weird, too, if you're in medical school. <laughs> well, that's why we're idiot podcasters. Yeah. The 13th green fairway area was used as the landing area for a ski jump. That's still on the course for 70 years. So you got cadavers. You got a ski jump. Sounds pretty cool, actually. (laughs) No par fives, 1 to 14. 15 and 18 finish. Par 5, par 4, par 5, par 5. Little Baltusrol type stuff. Um, The course was mostly walked, but offered complimentary carts from the fairway of 16. And you had to return it after finishing 17. That's the only time you can use a cart because the walk is so long. Um, and then the 17th was a par five played across the ravine, which had front tee boxes. You could play as a par five, par four, or par three. And Golf Digest, our favorite kind of uh, Raiders, described it as a Frankenstein monster of a hall, hole. Uh, and says, you know, if you've got three holes in one, you don't have any. Could be a three, four, or five. Anyway, that's weird course submission. The ski jump and the... B- Dumping ground for cadavers, I found to be extra weird. Uh, let me find the next one. I gotta collate my notes here. Um, I got, I got some, I got some golf advice. I got a golf right, advice go. question. Go. All right. I got a friend who's got this nice set of irons. Okay. And the irons have like little weights in them that are screwed. 
on. Yeah. And the screw, you know, like, you know how you have your standard screws, screwdriver for like the yeah. driver heads? Yeah. They don't work for the little screws on the back of the iron. They're like weights on the back of the iron. Right. So then when the when he hit the ground, it makes like a rattling sound with the iron. The said friend has reached out on social media to the manufacturer a couple times. Oh my. They yeah. haven't responded. Just asking for a screwdriver. The screwdriver. It's like a special you need a special screwdriver for these things on the back. Okay. What do you do uh, with no response? What do you do? What what do you, what what? I don't understand. What recourse do you even have? What are you supposed to do? Well, this is my golf Newcomb, question. Somewhere else? Go to the front door of the uh, you know fly to wherever Carlsbad or wherever this manufacturer is. Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Interesting. I think I've just found a nice segue to our next golf advice, but. Yeah, maybe if you're in Scottsdale, you go up to the front door and you say, hey, what's going on here? I'm trying to find out. I need something fixed. Seems like electronic communications have failed at this point. Right? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, we have an email from John. This is uh, not quite golf, kind of quite golf advice. The subject line is Bob Parsons in Vietnam. (laughs) It's quite right. the segue. Stick with me. Yeah, Scott, I wonder. I'd like to recount something that took place at the Asia-Pacific Golf Summit back in 2017. This is good writing. The event is a mixture of speeches from industry leaders and bigwigs, people selling ideas or apps, and an endless gala dinner for award ceremony, which is renowned for being pay to play. <laughs> Where your course or club can win marketable awards such as second best course in Cambodia <laughs> or best <laughs> or best locker room in Asia. <laughs> he sent an attachment of the awards as a non-participating attendee i think he means in the pay for play part it was a week full of surreal and bizarre moments however this story will focus only on one the event in 2017 was more grand than previous iterations it was held in the coastal city of da Nang, vietnam and hosted by one of the country's biggest owners of hotels and golf courses all events took place in the glittering ballroom at her brand new five-star beachside resort there were executives in att- attendance from Top Golf, Mission Hills, China, Nicholas Design, among many others, as, as well as the headliner, Mr. Bob Parsons. Uh, that's disrespectful. It's actually Dr. Bob Parsons, but I won't correct you. There. Well, I'll let it go, I should say. In a week where most speeches are resoundingly dull into the rhythm of corporate drum, Bob was an engaging, lively speaker. Who could say? Who could think that? He spoke on his business history from founding GoDaddy and the salacious advertising that brought it early notoriety to the philanthropic work carried out by him and his wife through to his recent founding of PXG. He also spoke about his personal connection to Vietnam, having served in the Marine Corps in nearby Quan Nam province, just south of Da Nang back in 1969. Now, I'll briefly pause here to note that whilst the events brings an international crowd, a solid number of the audience were from Vietnam. Be it the Hanoi-based host, the Denaim Tourism Board, local government affiliates, or the various general managers, superintendents, and sales departments in attendance. A recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award was even wearing a military medal. 
Following on from his keynote speech, Bob Parsons now launches into full advertising mode. His voice gains further strength as the PXG marketing video is now played on a giant LCD screen behind him. He commentates over the flashes and explosions, (laughs) showcasing his first generation of products. This is 2017. 0311 Irons, named after the riflemen and the Marines. That was my position. 0317 Sniper. (laughs) 0341 Woods, these are artillery. Heavy hitters really do some damage. And so on. He's a guy that loves his product and nobody can fault him for that. But after exchanging a few sideward glances with other members in the audience, there was a growing disbelief that a man would be so tone deaf as to go to a country where he had previously, where he had previously participated in a war and then probably sell equipment that is named after the military occupational code. This being in front of a host and audience where many were old enough to have witnessed and participated in the fighting, bombings, and associated fallout. Now, we are not making light of this that, that conflict, just Bob, sort of tone deafness. The video in his speech ended the expected amount of applause. The Vietnamese are not ones to hold grudges or dwell in the past and are pragmatic in their approach to history and business. The coup of landing Bob's attendance at the event was far bigger than any faux pas he could commit. None of them, nor are I trying to retrospectively punish or cancel Mr. Parsons. So nobody had issue necessarily with it. In fact, this host was just, or this emailer was just sort of uh, looking around beside himself. My question at the end of this, all of this is simple. Do you think he knew? In a setting up and branding his company, I'm sure he never envisaged selling it face-to-face with the Vietnamese audience. So by the time that eventuality took place, he just had to go through with it, deciding it best not to broach the subject or even acknowledge it, or alternatively, the slightest thought possible of awkwardness never entered his mind. Do you think he knew? No. No. I think Bob is Bob. He had to... Yeah, he did. He, he's just Bob. I don't. I don't. He's letting it go. Unbelief. The product. He couldn't have product, known. He couldn't have known. I mean, you're in. <laughs> right. Like if he wouldn't have done it if he had known. I don't think he was deliberately insensitive. Is what? I, yeah, yes, he didn't know, and he gets going on his product. Everything else is out the window. He speaks only one way about, as we know, about his PXG. Hot knife through butter, strap it to a pig, roll it in the mud. He gets going. He's going. So I don't think he knew. But uh, an email and story, nonetheless, I thought worth uh, worth sharing. All right. Do we have any more? Do we want to close it off at that? We'll close it Let's off. Call it I feel day. like Everyone we enjoy your talked week. about nothing for 50 minutes. Bob Parson. I thought that was a pretty good story. This but, is a great story. Uh, we've got a bunch of emails then lined up for next Friday, but keep sending them. SGSGolfAdvice at gmail.com. All right. We'll talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekends. Uh, hopefully not too cold.